Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. This is Straightforward with Miss B, episode 60. As we always do, grab your vices, relax, and let's get straight to it. Um, today, I definitely want to get into two hot topics um, that has been generating across news media and social media outlets um, within this past week. Um, but first and foremost, I definitely want to thanks everyone um, for tuning in again to my podcast. Um, shout out to the new listeners um, who may be tuning in. I met a couple of wonderful um, ladies this weekend at a art show. And, um, you know, I provided them, you know, the podcast name and stuff. So hopefully they'll be able to tune in. And if they are listening, hello, ladies. It was nice meeting you. Hopefully we can get together soon. Um, but, yeah, so speaking of ladies, speaking of females, women in general, the two topics today um, we'll be getting into is one, um, we're going to start off talking about the 25-year-old um, Birmingham, Alabama resident, Miss Carlethea Carly Nicole Russell, and her hoax of an abduction, um, as well as we'll be getting into a little later into the just hilarious T.S. Madison um, uh, what can I call it? Uh, Fulala <laughs> that's been going on um, between them um, in regards to real women, cisgender women or cis women versus transgender women. We're going to talk about that a little bit. All right. So um, first off, the 25-year-old Alabama woman, Miss Carly Russell, um, who, like I said, sparked an entire, you know, large-scale police search as well as um, was able to garner national media headlines um, of her supposed um, disappearance from an Alabama highway um, after she contacted police um claiming to see a toddler on the side of the road. Um, however, it has come out that that was all a lie. It was all a lie. So just to get into it, I wanted to kind of just go through the timeline of events um, to start and then kind of give my commentary and my opinions around the situation um, once we get through this timeline. Um, so Carly basically, um, Carly basically started out, uh, and we'll start from the beginning. Um, and this is information that basically just came out. Um, there was a second press conference, um, conducted, and this is basically a rundown of information that has been provided, um, about the investigation thus far. Um, so prior to her, Going missing, um, Carly herself had basically started to research some things on Google. Um, <clears throat> during the investigation, we were able to learn that starting on July 11th, um, around 7.03 a.m., she searched for, um, on Google, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert? That was the search terms that she utilized. Two days later, on July 13th at 1.03 a.m., she searched for how to take money from a register without being caught. On the 13th at 2.13 a.m., she Googled Birmingham bus station. Then at 2.35 a.m., she searched for a one-way bus ticket from Birmingham to Nashville, um, which will be departed, departing on July 13th. Um, that same day on the 13th at 12.10 p.m., um, she searched for the movie 
Taken. And if you guys are familiar with that movie, it's a very good movie. Um, but it's, uh, I forgot who starred in it, but basically it was about a child abduction. And then a few searches, uh, a few more searches were made um, on our phone about Amber Alerts. Uh, well, actually, they were made on a computer, actually at her job, um, including a search um, that she did to find out the maximum age for an Amber Alert. Okay? So on July 13th that evening, after leaving her job, she picks up food and stops at a local Target. They say she left at 8.20 p.m. Um, she went to the Colonnade, which is a, a local shopping center. She had items with her from her job, um, including a dark color bathrobe and a roll of toilet, toilet tissue paper. The robe and the toilet tissue paper was not found at the scene where her car was located on the highway, um, just to put that in there. Um, she then went to Target after leaving the shopping center, and she bought a few snacks from Target. The snacks that she purchased as well were also not found at the scene with her vehicle. On July 13th at 9.30 p.m., Russell called 911, and she claimed to see a male toddler in a diaper on the side of Interstate 459 South and was stopping to check on him. Law enforcement later stated that Traffic camera footage was obtained, um, which depicted this portion of the incident, and that footage was still being analyzed as part of the investigation. So after the 911 call, she called her brother's girlfriend to tell her about the situation. She stayed on the phone with a girlfriend um, while basically she was, get, I guess, getting out of the car at this point to check on this uh, mysterious child. Um, my son's girlfriend heard her asking the child, are you okay? She never heard the child say anything back. Um, but then she heard, uh, Carly scream from that point. All you can hear on the phone is background noise from the interstate. And apparently at that point, um, the family member lost contact with Carly. However, the phone line itself remained open. All right. So all of this took place, I guess, within a 10-minute time frame. So at 9.40 p.m., um, the Hoover police arrived at the scene um, and found Carly's car abandoned on the side of the interstate. They also found her wig, a cell phone, um, and purse with an Apple Watch inside. However, there was no sight of a small boy or male child in the area. They also wanted to note that there was, although this is a busy highway, at 9.30 p.m., there were no other calls from any other um, citizens that was traveling in that area on the highway about a missing child. So the next 49 hours, Hoover police, they partnered with local, state, and federal authorities um, to search for Carly. And within that 49-hour time frame, it was unclear of her whereabouts. On July 15th at 10.44 p.m., the Hoover police received a 911 call saying that Carly had returned home on foot. When first responders arrived at the home, they found Carly conscious and speaking. 
She was taken to an area hospital where she was evaluated and since been treated and released. Detectives obtained surveillance video from um, Carly's neighborhood, uh, which actually shows her walking down the sidewalk by herself, returning to her home. Um, Fire department radio traffic obtained, um, it says, by several media outlets shows that medics were dispatched to a residence on an unresponsive but breathing person. That was the term used in the initial dispatch of the Hoover Fire Department to the residents. And the information about her condition was simply a dispatcher relaying information for what a 911 caller told the emergency communicator. Okay. On July 18th, Carly's parents, um, during an interview with NBC News, they urged the public not to speculate on their daughter's case. Um, Carla has given detectives her statement so that they can continue to pursue her abductor. So at that point, either Carly was still lying to the parents and everybody else, her family, and they didn't really know, or the parents knew she was lying and they decided to just lie on this NBC um, news interview. The Hoover police told USA Today um, that they spoke to Carly but weren't able to, quote-unquote, publicly share the details um, from the interview. Um, Police said that they will follow up with Carly again to attempt to get a better understanding of her movements during the time she was missing. Numerous evidentiary items are still being evaluated, and those items are key in the process of determining exactly what took place in the approximately 49 hours that Carly was missing, but also what took place prior to her disappearance. Now, on July 19th, the Hoover Police Department held, um, I believe, their first press conference in which they had relayed some of this information Um, They did confirm that at this time there was no reason to believe that there was a threat to the public safety safety related to this particular case. Um, Police, they played an audio, the audio call from 911, um, as we just talked about a few seconds ago. According to cell phone data, Carly traveled about 600 yards in her car at the same time she was on the phone with 911. 600 yards is pretty, pretty far. So basically, it was never a child, but she was just, at this point, just on the highway walking up probably to the nearest exit if she could. 600 yards is pretty far. All right. When she got out of her car, she told police a man appeared out of the woods and told her he was checking on the child. Russell said the man then picked her up and she screamed. Russell said that the man, quote-unquote, made her go over a fence and forced her into a car. Um, The man had orange hair and a bald spot in the back of his head. The next thing she remembers is being in the trailer of an 18-wheeler. This is this is what Carly was telling the police during her initial interview, which the police department shared during the first press conference. Carly also told investigators that she heard both a male and female voice as well as a baby crying. Um, she stated that she escaped and was she she escaped, but then was recaptured, blindfolded, but not tied up taken to a house or fed crackers. Oh my God. At this, at the house, Carly told police she was made to take her clothes off and she believed her captors may have taken pictures of her. Eventually she told police she did not remember anything else until being put back in a vehicle and being able to escape. She told police she ran through the woods until she came out near her home. So the, the abductors just happen to be in your neighborhood and you, child, I guess. All right. Now, a second press conference was held two days ago. 
And at this press conference, it was finally revealed that this entire story was fabricated by Carly um, and that she apologized to the community. And this was, this was um, stated, uh, this was from a statement um, that was made through her, ooh, excuse me, through her attorney. All right. Um, police stated that, hey, this is a sad thing. Um, there were so many people that were involved that took this thing very seriously. It is what it is. The facts, um, I think, last Wednesday pretty much showed that we knew it was a hoax. Wow. That's what the police stated. Um, the police did, the police chief stated, um, stated that they are in talks with the Jefferson County District Attorney's Office about possible criminal charges on which they will announce those charges when and if they are filed. Now, mind you, that was the timeline of events. During this time, as someone who is a avid social media user, I saw where there was, now mind you, I saw where so many people, where the story started, you know, initially bubbling up on social media. There were TikToks made by her family members as well, asking the public to help search for her, you know, look for her if we have any information to call the authorities. Um, I myself personally even shared a flyer um, on my Instagram stories, I shared a flyer as well because normally if I ever see, um, you know, any of these missing persons flyers that come up, I do tend to share those um, because I just think it's a very sad thing. We see a lot of especially African-American, black, or just minority women in general, young women who go missing every day. We know that. Um, sex trafficking and human trafficking is a, is a real thing here in the U S and across the globe. Um, and I just be wanting to at least do something, you know what I mean? Do my part to help the situation to see if, Hey, by me sharing this flyer of this missing person, um, maybe it will cross the eyes of someone who may have recognized this person out in the public on the street somewhere. Um, so I just try to do my part, you know what I mean, as a citizen. But like I said, once this disappearance was kind of made, I mean, it grew its wings on social media. Everybody was kind of sharing it, <clears throat> even her boyfriend as well, you know. He shared a couple of posts. So once the story started to sound a little fishy and we started hearing these things like, hey, you know, there's a possibility that she's at Red Roof Inn. I think that someone from the hotel may have called the authorities or, you know, something of that sort. I forgot how that information came out. Um, and then next thing you know, we turn around. She done showed up to her parents' doors at home, you know, like ain't shit happened. And so once that information leaked to the public, all of us that showed general concern, we were all like, what the, f what the fuck? Like, are you serious? Like this can't possibly be, this can't possibly be a hoax. I believe her job as well. We're very concerned um, with her. And then, you know, I'm sure that they are, her employer is pissed off because it was all a lie. And on top of that, she stole something from the job, a robe and some toilet tissue paper. So with all of this information that we know now, Here's my feelings on it. Carly, because I don't like to, when somebody's already down or they're in a rut, in a bad situation, 
I don't like to be, it doesn't make me feel good to be a person that, that, that kicks them while they're down, right? So even though some of my comments may be a little bit negative, um, uh, if they come out negative, you know, I always try to clean it up and, and, and leave things on a positive note, right? So with this Carly situation, um, if there is, I can't, because this situation was premeditated, it's hard for me to blame it on maybe some type of temporary mental health issue. I can't really put it on that because not only was she Google searching all of these things, but it seems as though it's either she, she works in the medical field. She's completed college. Like she's a very sound from, I don't know her personally, but from what I've learned of her, she's a very sound thinking individual. There has not been any information in regards to any previous mental health evaluation, evaluations, you know what I mean? Or just any type of concerns there. So I am to believe that she was of sound mind and this is something that she just completely came up with on her own. Now, the question comes into play is what was the motive? Like what's the why did she do this? Was it because of her breakup with her boyfriend or two was it for clout those are the only two things that could possibly be a motive right in either of those motives I believe she just took it extremely too far. And for her to not, for her to be a sound thinking person who previously searched all these things on the internet about how old for, you know, what's the maximum age for Amber Alert, how much it costs for a one-way bus ticket, how much, you know what I'm saying? She searched for all of those things. She went to college. She has a good job. I, I believe the job that she stole from was like her part-time gig. All of those things, it just makes you feel bad as an African-American woman or just a woman in general to think that some of us, you know, some of us just, we, we, we make it bad for ourselves. We just make it bad for ourselves. And in this incident, the consequences of it is, is possibly making it bad for every other young black girl who may go missing. You know, like if you go to the, I believe it's uh, <clears throat> the National Center for Missing Children. I believe that's the name of the organization. However, if you go on that website, man, you'll see hundreds of young black women and men and children who are missing, who have not been found or or their bodies may have been found, but they can't identify who the, you know, who they are. It's, it's such a, it's such a disgrace to even think that Carly just did not think. She did not think that far ahead. She was, she was so stuck in whatever this motive was, her reasoning in her head to pull off this hoax that she really did just didn't even care about anybody else or thinking about anybody else or any other, you know, like I said, consequences, consequences that may arrive um, from her doing this. And I think that in itself is just a shame. 
It's a shame. It's a shame. Not only did she embarrass herself, I mean, she she embarrassed all of us. Especially if you're black, she embarrassed all of us. She embarrassed her family. I know they, they got to go to their jobs and to, to church and wherever else they, you know, other places that they attend. And, you know, people just really going to be looking at them crazy now. Like, really? You mean to tell me you raised a daughter who came up with this elaborate scheme for some crazy ass reason. Now, I hope that it wasn't. She's a young lady, of course. And if it was because of her breaking up with the boyfriend, maybe she wanted to disappear because you know, maybe he would show some concern then, you know what I'm saying? If that was something that was lacking in their relationship, him not really showing that he loved her, um, maybe she thought in her mind, hey, this is the perfect way to maybe get his attention. Um, if that is the case and that was the reason behind her doing this, um, you know, a lot of young women, we, you know, suffer from that. Sometimes we just love a man so much and we think that he is the one and only he's our shining armor. We supposed to be with this man forever. And you see this grand old future with him and, uh, it don't always work out. And so in turn, you know, some of us do crazy shit, but to do it to this degree, to pull a whole hoax that involved the police department, state, local agencies. You know, it, it was a lot of manpower, a lot of dollars spent looking for her. Even though it wasn't but a couple of days worth, but this entire vest investigation, this is money being spent. So I, I, I really hope that, is really no reason at all, but if she's going to give a reason, you know, a reasoning behind it, I just, you know, I really can't think of anything. I think that because she's at the point now where she no longer wants to speak with the authorities, um, at this point, she doesn't want to live in a lie. She doesn't want to take accountability for the lie. She just thinks, Hey, I did this and I'm, I'm about to really get away with it. So I think, you know, hey, on behalf of maybe the public and um, law enforcement, they may end up charging her. And at that time, if they bring her in, go lock her up and bring her in, she she will have no choice but to speak to them again. Because I'm sure they really want, they truly want to understand why she did this. And that may be her best bet is to speak with them again. Just say, hey, man, look, I was, look, I broke up with this man. I missed him. I needed his attention, and this is why I did. I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying? Now, the other reason is clout. You see a lot of people, um, well, possible reasons. You see a lot of people, especially young kids, they, they're doing anything for clout. They're doing anything to gain notoriety. I mean, they're pulling all stops to gain clout. We have seen some of the most craziest to the most gruesome things happen on social media, on video, um, to where the people, the individuals are seeking, seeking, you know, a certain level of attention. And then they de devise these plans or something happens um, to where they know, hey, I'm going to get all eyes on me at this point. So. As a second possible motive, this could have been the reason why as well. Maybe she just wanted attention from the public, you know? Maybe this is the way to get her name out there, you know? The infamous Carly Russell. But regardless of what her reasoning could be, um... I just feel like, as I said earlier, we could always, you know, not always, but sometimes we are our own worst enemies. We are our own worst enemies. 
black women that I'm speaking of in general. But whatever the case is, Carly, if they decide to press charges on you, Miss Thing, um, hey, you do the crime, you do the time. That's just how I feel about it. Just take accountability. Say, yeah, I fucked up. And just move on with your life. Um, I don't know how it will continue to be in your own community as far as, like I said, people staring at you now. You probably, it's going to be hard to maybe even find jobs or, you know, just be out in society because you're going to get a lot of people that's going to have this opinion, this our, this opinion about you, and uh, it's going to have some major effects on her life going forward as well as her family's life as well. So that's that on that. And anybody else who's planning on doing some crazy shit like this, please don't do it. Don't, 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 don't waste people's time. Please don't waste people's time. All right, so... 30 minutes into the podcast and I want to touch on um, this other situation where, again, I feel like sometimes, you know, as black women, we are our own worst enemies. So T.S. Madison, um, Jess Hilarious, a few other people uh, basically has been going back and forth um, on social media um, because of a transgender TikToker named Blessing Rose who posted a, um, you know, posted a video that went viral. In this particular video, Blessing Rose basically stated um you don't own your periods speaking to women or quote unquote real women for the sake of this conversation. I'll just say real women. Um, you don't own your periods. You don't own womanhood, womanhood. You experience both and both are different for every person. Um, but as a cis woman, it does not belong to you. So you can't gatekeep it. Right. Jess Hilarious then responds with her own video. And in her video, she stated, who the F is going to stand up for us, meaning real women. She proceeded to refer to transgender women as having a delusion she goes on to say, what is the difference between you and someone who has been diagnosed to be mentally insane? The only difference is you don't have a straight jacket on. How are you projecting your anger on real women? Because we are the gatekeepers. We are the gatekeepers for periods. We the only ones that fucking bleed, honey. We the only ones that can give birth. We make y'all people. We make y'all. Y'all come from us. You can't be us. You will never. You are chasing something you will never get. And that was just hilarious statement. But what Jess didn't really comprehend to, she really didn't get the gist of what blessing Rose's point was right blessing rose was basically pointing out that you know uh pointing out like trans men non-binary people and others who don't identify with quote-unquote womanhood those individuals still get periods right So 
at that point, um, the infamous Miss T.S. Madison, she is a very popular black transgender woman um, who's kind of garnered attention on social media from years, years, years ago. Um, if some of you remember her um, calling herself the big, big bitch or something of that sort, um, she makes no, um, she doesn't hesitate to let you know where she started from, where she's been. She used to be a former sex worker. Um, she's from the Miami, Florida area, and she is truly a testament of someone, regardless of her, you know, regardless of, you know, pronouns and and and, and, and being transgender, um, just her as a person, her life is definitely a testament of where you can come from and who you can become. You know, of course, if you continue to have faith, stay focused and consistent, because um, she basically turned her own life around and has become a reality star, an actress, and she's also a um, activist, right? So she responded to Jess Hilarious, basically. Um, you know, she posted on Twitter, there are so many real women that get mistaken for being transgender women, and that's where a lot of the anger comes from. Um, I do hope that they take a good look at how transphobia affects all women. All right. So it's basically what T.S. Madison was saying that, hey, there's real women who are being confused as being trans when they when they're not. Um, and that, you know, women, some women, um, part of their anger with the transgender community um, may stem from that, from being, you know, maybe seen as being transgender or, you know, consider their looks. Um, she also posted, you know, a video on Instagram, basically, of the time that Jess Hilarious um, kind of, you know, released her own tea. Um, she spoke with uh, one of the a po a podcasts before. I forgot the name of the podcast, but months ago, Jess Hilarious did claim that you know, someone had hit her up in the DMs um, and offered to fly her out, um, who the guy had basically mistaken her for a transgender woman. So T.S. Point posted that on her social media page, right? And she also stated this as well. As well. She said, let me make one thing clear. I have stood up for and fought tooth and nail for black women. I have put a lot of black women on, used my platform to uplift black women, as well as let it be known that I am not a female, but I am a black trans woman. So I'm addressing this as such, and let me put an ad on it. Just hilarious official, I have never disrespected you nor came at you publicly when you said sideways shit I like. I inboxed you. Your mouth don't put no fear in my heart because you not the only bitch that can put a reed on the floor. So if it's up, then it's up. But as a grown individual, I don't want to go that route because that's not going to solve none. That, excuse me. <laughs> that's not going to solve none. Okay, but we can. I'm all day with it. Now I posted what I said because of what came out of your own experiences. Every time trans women and real women unite on some good shit, you nor the blogs ever posting or talking about it. The moment one individual offends you all, automatically group us all in the mix. I clearly know that only females have periods and uteruses and have never stood on the side of the majority. But what you not going to do is make it seem like you going to press down on me and call me phony. Oh, Lord, child. So, of course, from that, um, just hilarious basically has 
is still standing on what she stated. And, of course, T.S. Madison feels the way she feels. I believe T.S. Madison has been traveling, because I do follow her on social media. She's been traveling, um, but I know that I'm sure she's going to speak about this when she returned and get back to her platform. Um, But... It's just crazy that I'll just wrap it up and say this. For those of you who have never heard of the term cisgender, um, cisgender is a term that was created um, by a woman named Dana DeFoss or DeFossey. Um, who was a graduate student back in 1994, and the term actually entered into, um, you know, interdictionaries um, starting in 2015, right? Um, the last few years, the word itself has been um, increasingly used, um, you know, during different discussions and some women, um, black women, because that's kind of my, that's my demographic. And so I'm, I tend to see those opinions on my timeline. Um, but it seems as though a lot of black women do not like the term cisgender at all. And they do not want to be called a cisgender woman or a cis woman. Um, so basically, just a definition, cisgender is a term used to describe a person who gender identity corresponds to their sex, oh, excuse me, I'm burping, to their sex assigned at birth. Cisgender is an antonym of the word transgender. Okay. There's related terms, um, and I'm reading this from Wikipedia. There's related concepts um, such as cis normativity, which is the presumption that cisgender identity is preferred or normal and the term cis-sexism, cis um, which is bias or prejudice favoring cisgender people. Okay. Well, let me take this back. Looking at Wikipedia... The word wasn't created by this Dana or Dana DeFosse person. Um, the word actually um, came about, it says what, in Germany in 1914 when Ernest Burchard introduced the cis or trans distinction to sexology by contrasting cis vestinumus or a type of inclination to wear gender conforming clothing or transvestitimus or another term cross dressing. German sexologist Volkmar Sagush stated in 1998 that he coined the term six sexual um, in his two-part 1991 article transsexuals and our nosomorphic view okay so hey seems like there's a little bit of controversy on who coined the term all right nonetheless right um the Dana DeFossey person basically in 1994, 
was seeking out a way to refer to non-transgender people, which um, could avoid um, marginalizing transgender people or implying that transgender people were an quote-unquote other. Correspondingly, some trans activists argued that using the terms such as man or woman to mean cis man or cis woman reinforced cis normativity and that instead using the prefix cis similar, similarly to trans would counteract, I mean, or counteract the cis normative connotations within language. So the medical community, when it comes to like academics and things of that sort, um, the word started appearing um, in those textbooks, um, like I said, during the 90s, but more prevalent around, I believe, the early 2000s. And then, of course, from a social media, social standpoint, um, social standpoint, then around 2014, 2015, that's when it kind of start kind of bubbling up, being in more conversation, allowing social media users on certain platforms to be able to, you know, kind of um, clearly defined their gender on social apps. You know how they have you select female, male, you know, whatever the case is, they gave you more options as far as customizing your gender, you know, on these social media platforms. Um, however, like I said, with this particular term has come a lot of controversy. It's always an argument back and forth. I myself, from a personal standpoint, um, you can call me woman, you can call me cis woman. I don't really give a fuck. I, I don't care that much about it, Right. Because I know who I am, I understand my gender, and that's what it is. I don't care that much. So you would never really see me in a back-and-forth argument, going back-and-forth with someone who, who is transsexual. Um, everybody that knows me know that I am an ally of the community. So I guess in that sense, I could be a little bit biased in that. Um, but I love people. I love all people. I don't care what race, creed, sexuality. I, I don't really give a fuck about none of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you won't catch me in that type of debate. Um, but what I do want to get across is that even us as women or quote-unquote real women – Sometimes, and and this even goes for transgender women as well. Sometimes we 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 put we put a lot. You know what I'm saying? We we put a lot of passion and, and grief on certain things that that we don't necessarily probably need to invest that much time and effort on. This is one of those things, you know. <laughs> excuse me there's so many bigger issues that we could be tackling in the world and trying to overcome especially for black folks in general regard regardless of what you consider yourself as um there's so many things that just as a black person that we can stand up for and, you know, support those causes that are a lot more meaningful um, than things of this nature. But I do understand for people out there who consider themselves as being activists, everyone does have the right to have their own personal agendas, personal mindset, personal, you know, things that they support and causes that they stand behind. And so we all are given that opportunity um, to have those options of what we want to do with our life and, and how we want to think. So from from that end, I do understand that, hey, sometimes, hey, I just got to stand on what I stand on. But to the point to where 
we we are continuing to create a divide within our own community is what I have a problem with. And I think this is one of those topics that continue to help create and widen that divide amongst all of us. So at some point, we got to get it together as women. We have to get it together as women, as black women, so that we can come together and be able to to truly, I mean truly unify. Because if we keep going at each other, we're never going to get nowhere. We always going to be at the point to where we're sitting back and we're complain, complaining about something. Hey, I ain't doing this, or this is not being done for my community, or I'm a six-gender woman. And it's just, this, this shit is dumb. So hopefully T.S. Madison, Jess Hilarious, um, you know, others within the LGBTQIA community can sit down and really have a discussion as well as not even with the women, with the men as well. The men need to all sit down, heterosexual men, cis men, along with, you know, maybe trans men and, you know, sit down with those gay men. Everybody need to sit down together and let's kind of come to some type of common ground on this. Especially in the black community. Because we keep dividing ourselves instead of coming together. So, I will take this opportunity to end it on that note. I'm sure this conversation may come up again, come up again in the future. Um, but until now, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. This is episode 60 of Straightforward with Miss B. Follow us on all streaming platforms as well as social media uh, platforms as well. That's S-T-R, the number 8 F-W-D with Miss B. And until next time, I will see you later. Peace.